Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by community pastor Ian Simpkins as we continue our series, Turn the Page. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. And now also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. Good morning, community. How are you feeling this morning? You guys are looking good. A special welcome if you're joining us digitally. Uh, I do need to apologize. The cuteness factor on the stage just plummeted. My apologies. Um, I also just found something out. Did you guys know that Christmas is two weeks away? Yeah, you guys are all adults. You know, I had no idea. I like looked at my calendar and I had a panic attack. Like, you know it's Christmas, right? Because there's poinsettias on the stage and everyone seems anxious all the time. Does anyone have like a thousand things to still do? Shop for, prepare, right? You have to have figgy pudding ready all the time, right? Those carolers are stressful. Bring us figgy pudding right now. I don't have any. I'm sorry. You're stressing me out. Go away. I think as adults, like when we, when we think about Christmas and the weeks leading up to it, it's, it can be a bit anxious, right? Like it can, be, it can be a bit anxiety producing. And I think that kids experience Christmas in a much different way. Like the wait for Christmas as a kid is way different than as an adult, isn't it? I think, I think it's fascinating how kids uh, experience the wait leading up to Christmas. In fact, I wanted to invite my friend Justice to the stage. Justice, would you take the stage, my good man? Everyone, give it up for Justice, please. There you are, sir. Now, uh, Justice, a couple of questions. Um, first, are you excited for Christmas? Yes. Outstanding. What are you most excited about for Christmas? Breakfast. <laughs> Like, no pressure, Mom. Like, you're now in front of 800 of your closest friends. Um, okay, for the sake of this sermon, can you also say presents? Presents. Outstanding. Okay, so you know Christmas is two weeks away, right? Now, I didn't want you to wait for two weeks, so I actually have a gift for you right now. Is that okay? Okay, so here's a gift for you, my good man, with your name on it. There it is. Justice. But I need you to not open it just yet, okay? I need you just to sit there with that present, and I'm going to talk to the adults for a second. Is that Okay. Okay, great. Um, Now, as Sherry mentioned, we're in week eight of our series, Turn the Page, and we've been kind of journeying through the entire Bible. If you've not yet joined the Turn the Page Bible experience, I cannot encourage you enough that you can do it on the app, you can do it on the website. There's readings and podcasts and special interviews and all sorts of resources to kind of take what we talk about here uh, even further. But if you've been with us for the last seven weeks, we've been exclusively in the Old Testament and all the twists and turns that come with that. And actually, today would be a great day to join us because we're turning the page from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Are we tracking? Okay, Justice, how are you doing? You okay? You seem like you're pumped to be here. (laughs) He's just staring longingly at the gift. I don't blame you. Okay, I need you just to hold on to it for a little longer, all right? Okay, so last week, here's where we left off. Uh, The Israelites had been conquered by the Babylonians, um, and Jerusalem was destroyed, The temple, the walls, everything that they could imagine was just decimated to the ground. And 70 years later, um, the Babylonians are conquered by the Persians. So at the end of the Old Testament, uh, the Israelites, the people of God, are still under Persian rule. But they're allowed to go back to their homeland to rebuild the temple and to rebuild the city walls. So, So they're not free, but they have hope. They're not free, but they have hope. And we talked last week about the 
the prophets in this prophetic language of deliverance, the people that often served as the, as the mouthpiece of God. And a number of prophets said a number of different things, um, predicting and proclaiming the coming Messiah, the, the one who would finally make them free. M- Micah declared that the Messiah would come from a town called Bethlehem. Nathan said that the Messiah would come from the line of David, and Isaiah declared, Isaiah prophesied that he would come and be born of a virgin. So as the Old Testament comes to a close, Malachi the prophet, the very last book of the Old Testament in Malachi 3 writes this. It says, the Lord you are seeking will come. He's saying that the person that you've been holding out for that will finally deliver us will come. And then nothing. Nothing. For hundreds of years, it seems as if God goes dark, that God is silent. Malachi says, the one you're longing for will come, but then nothing, and they wait for a really, really, really long time for the Messiah. Speaking of long time, Justice, my man, how you doing? You okay? You did, okay, I just need to talk to them for a little bit longer. Are you okay there still? Okay, hang tight. Um, did you know, actually, by the way, how, how long the period of time between the Old Testament and the New Testament was? It's 400 years. It's a long time, right? 400, I mean, 400 years. The, the U.S. wasn't a country 400 years ago. You're like great, 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 great grandpa wasn't born 400 years ago. The Rolling Stones had only been playing for a few months 400 years ago. Like, it's an exceptionally long time. Okay, really, really long. Really, really long time. 400 years is a long time to wait. And honestly, so as I've made you wait a long time. You can go ahead and open it. Yeah, go right ahead and pull it. Just, yeah, just riff through it, man. Just get, get crazy on it. Oh, boy. Do you, does anybody have like scissors or anything? You got it? Yeah, just, yeah, just growl if you want to. Just get in there. That's just a post-it note. That, okay, save that for later. Sure. Just very thrifty, very meticulous. It's very focused right now. All right, good night, everybody. Um, all right, we're almost there. Dr- drum roll on the laps, please. Drum roll as the anticipation builds. What could it... Po- <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I didn't wrap it. What, what could it possibly be? Another box. Outstanding. Um, we're going to... I mean, just... You want a hand? You want to help you in there? No, he's got it? Okay. And the rip, just rip that... Yeah, get that out of here. We don't need that. Just... There's more wrapping. Outstanding. What is it? It's Legos. <laughs> All right, man, you, you can grab a seat. Everyone, would you give my friend Justice a hand, please? Thanks, man. Thanks for helping. <laughs> you okay? Oh, thanks for the post-it note. Perfect. That's great. I'll save that for next service. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's, here's the point of that whole illustration is that You don't have to be a kid to understand that waiting is the worst, right? Does anyone here love waiting? Like, okay, real talk. How many of you have ever screamed at a red light for taking too long? Anyone? Okay, now real moment of truth. How many of us have ever screamed at a red light only to rush home and binge watch The Office? Right? Like, I'm in a hurry to go do nothing. Right? Or how about uh, going to the doctor, right? You first go to what room? The The waiting room. There's no chance for you not to wait. That's the name of the room. Right? And then once you go from the waiting room, your name is called, and they put you in a, another waiting room, a smaller waiting room where the magazines aren't as great. Like, we're, we as adults do not wait 
well. I've yelled at microwave meals for not getting cooked fast enough. Or how about, how about the DMV? <laughs> My point exactly just groans throughout the crowd. The, DM, the DMV, no, has anyone ever gone to the DMV and said these words? Oh, that was quick. Never. It's never happened in the history of the world. Or how about when you're texting someone? You're texting someone and you see this beloved image. That's giving me anxiety just watching that, right? And it's always after you like say something kind of vulnerable, like, hey man, had a great time. We should totally be best friends. And it's like, bubble, bubble, bubble. How about when the bubble goes away? What were you typing? You were just typing. Maybe though, maybe the, the worst offender of having to wait is waiting for Comcast, right? Here, here's a photo of me actually waiting for Comcast to show up at my house. There I am. Um, <laughs> We don't like waiting. We don't like it. And much like the Israelites, maybe some of us this morning, you've been waiting not for Comcast, but for something really serious. Something that you've been longing for. Maybe, maybe you've been out of work for a while or unemployed or underemployed for a while, and you're, you're waiting for something to change. Maybe a loved one has been wrestling with an addiction for a long time, and you've watched them make bad decision after bad decision. Maybe... You or someone you know is suffering physically or emotionally. Maybe you're still waiting for that special someone. Whatever it is, we all have experienced the weight of waiting. The gravity of waiting. Waiting is hard, and the people of God waited a long time. They went from being subjects of Persia, trampled upon by the Greeks, and then eventually were under Roman Empire rule. And so when all seemed lost, when all hope seemed gone, we turn the page to the New Testament and wonder breaks through. Listen how Luke records it. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So wonder breaks in. Jesus, God in flesh, God incarnate, breaks into our world. Now, I don't know if you remember from a couple minutes prior, but the, the prophets prophesied a number of things. One, Micah said that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. Nathan claimed that the Messiah would come from the line of David. And Isaiah prophesied that he would be born of a virgin. Now, scholars disagree exactly on what this phrase, pledged to be married, means, but some scholars assert that they were actually already married. The fact that they were traveling together implying that they were already married, but they had not yet consummated the marriage. That's about all I can say on a Sunday morning on the stage, I think. Um, If you can't piece that together, I can't help you out anymore. This is Luke's way of trying to keep this passage G-rated so that one day um, Linus could recite it in front of his school. Um, There he is, yeah. 
So, so they're likely already married, and you have to remember that they're, they're not like adults. They're teenagers. They're, they're kids, and they're having to travel, and Mary is incredibly pregnant, and this craziness, I imagine, is not what they had anticipated for their lives. It's so easy for us in the midst of the Christmas season to just expect them to understand what's happening next because we know the story. But into all this craziness of, of twists and turns that they never could have anticipated, the wonder of God breaks through, breaks in. And many people missed it. They missed it. And I think that sometimes is the temptation for us, right? We talked about how stressed out so many of us are with all of the tasks, all of the things that maybe you, you even have to do today to make Christmas happen. That very first Christmas, a lot of people missed it. But for those who didn't, listen to what Luke says in Luke 2. Next slide, please. Nope, sorry, Luke 2, 18, please. There we go. So Joseph also, yep, there we go. (laughs) It is Christmas time, let's do it. All who heard it were amazed. All who heard it were amazed. They, They saw that Jesus broke in, that this was not what they expected, but those who heard this news of the baby Jesus who came were absolutely amazed. There's an author and a theologian that I love named Frederick Buechner, and I think he puts it brilliantly. He said this. He said, the incarnation, the, the, the God with flesh on, is kind of a vast joke whereby the creator of the ends of the earth comes among us in diapers until we too have taken the idea of the God-man seriously enough to be scandalized by it. We have not taken it as seriously as it demands to be taken. So often, the nativity scene is like something nice that we put on our mantle, but the reality of teenage parents not knowing what tomorrow would bring, giving birth to a child with the animals. It's not this nice scene that we often sing about where the camel's in the back with sunglasses bobbing his head as they sing along, right? Scandalizing, terrifying, in the midst of the craziness of their life, Jesus breaks in. Now, this is the story of the birth of Jesus, but this baby grows up to be a man and does some remarkable things in his life. He encounters a blind man And he stoops down, he hawks a loogie in the dirt, rubs the mud on his eyes, and the man is healed. A woman who'd been afflicted with bleeding for 12 years touches just the edge of his cloak, and she is healed. There's a a man that was living in a cave because he was demon-possessed, and he was a danger to himself and everyone else, and, and Jesus freed this man. Matthew in chapter 15 says this. He says, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. And the people were, what's the word? Amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. People were not just interested in like philosophically arguing with Jesus or like recording his teachings down in a note, but they were watching him absolutely change their paradigms. They were blown away by this Jesus and what he said and what they, what he did. But I, I want us to not miss this because I think so often we read stories like this and we assume they're just about the past. Like that's a nice story that we can gather once in a while to talk about. I believe that Jesus wants to break into our realities right here and now. So the the question I want to ask is this. Do we believe Jesus still wants to break into our world with wonder? Do, Do we really believe that? That the spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Bible is the same Holy Spirit today that wants to do things in us and also through us that maybe we never had the courage to even speak out loud. Some of you this morning, 
You feel stuck in the waiting. Maybe it's been a long time or maybe it just feels like a long time, but you're in this treading water season. You're like, what is going to happen next? And maybe you've really wrestled with this idea. Can Jesus really break into my world? Can he really break into my life? Can Jesus really break into my stalled career? Can he really break into my financial mess, my kids' rebellion, my physical pain, my broken marriage, my loneliness, my anguish? Can Jesus really break into those things? And I want to say with a resounding yes, not only can he, but he wants to. And so often, I think we get so distracted by all the things that we have to do, all the boxes we have to check, all the calendars that we have to keep, and Jesus wants to absolutely blow our minds. Are, are we ready for that? Do we have space for that in our hearts, in our schedules? I think for a lot of us, Jesus, Jesus is a good savior, but not necessarily a good role model, right? We see him as a ticket to heaven when we die, but we don't understand what he wants to do in our present right here and now. And some of you have been waiting for a long time. I want to share a story with you of a, a dear friend of mine. Many of you know him. His name is Chris Chrisman. And it's a story of waiting. It's a story of God breaking through in a way that none of us ever dared to dream. It's a story of God absolutely blowing our minds. And his wife, Bonnie, wrote, she writes it this way. She says, six months ago, we received the call that no one wants to get. The doctor had the worst news possible, small cell lung cancer. The words sucked the very life out of us, and the assailing question started, how can this be? Last month's physical indicated I was perfectly healthy. How, how could this come on without warning? Where do we even begin? What is next? Anyone felt the weight of that question before? What's next? Where do I go from here? What's next? I've been calling out for the best doctor possible and asking believers to pray boldly for a miracle. Miracle number one, God provided an appointment with a leading lung cancer specialist in record time. Miracle number two, God provided friends at community who see the same doctor or work at the same clinic. Miracle number three, God provided a new diagnosis, not small cell lung cancer, but non-small cell, a huge difference for a hope-filled treatment. Miracle number four, God provided a clinical trial, a perfect match. Miracle five, during a biopsy, we were told we can't complete this because the tumor is gone. Yeah. And while we await a PET scan in January, we are profoundly aware that these happenings are the result of the army of prayer warriors praying boldly for healing, for hope, for help. And at every turn, God opened new pathways where there was none before. God's people surrounding the broken, praying boldly, shouting praise every step. God's people being a bold witness to the power of the Almighty. We can stand and attest the reality of miracles. When we seek God with our hearts, with our minds, with every fiber of our being, he will show up. He will intercede. He will break into the darkness of our humanness just like he did 2,000 years ago. He is our miracle. I mean, come on. Come on. 
And even in our longest waits, God wants to break into our world with wonder. And maybe it's not something that we see. Maybe it's something that we experience. Maybe it's peace in the midst of chaos. Maybe it's hope in the midst of tragedy. Maybe it's joy in the midst of pain. So so let me ask you this this morning. Not not a room full of somebody. Let me ask you. Where, Where do you need a breakthrough this morning? What thing has kind of been gnawing at your mind and your stomach since I've been talking? What's the thing that maybe you've not even uttered out loud? Where where do you need a breakthrough this morning? Where do you need God to show up in amazing, wondrous ways? Where do you need help and hope or healing? Maybe you need a breakthrough in a relationship. Maybe you need to finally forgive someone. Maybe you need a miracle in your home. Maybe you just need a miracle in your heart. Whatever that looks like for you, where do you need God to break through? Where do you need God to break through? And some of you, my guess, you're here this morning, you're like, I know that I need one, but I don't even know what to say. God understands that too. Listen to what Paul writes to the church in Rome. He says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, anyone ever been there? I've waited and I've waited and I'm tired of waiting. He says, meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. Not not distant, but near. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs and our aching groans. My guess is some of you know exactly where you need God to break through and others, you just know that you have a heavy heart. You know, this morning, like, I need healing of some kind. But I don't even know what it looks like. God's word says that he intercedes on our behalf, that he comes alongside us in the waiting. So where do you need a breakthrough? Where do you need God to show up in a powerful way? Because my sincere belief with everything that I have is not only that God can, but he longs to. For us to loosen the white knuckle grip around doing it our way and saying, God, I need a miracle. I need you to do something in my life. Amaze us the same way that you did 2,000 years ago. Remind me that you're not distant, but that you're near, that you're close, that you're present. And the answers may not always look the way that we anticipate, but my sincere belief with everything that I am is that God will break through. He will make himself known, maybe for the first time maybe in a brand new way for the thousandth time. Let's be a people who pray with boldness that this isn't just a story from 2,000 years ago, but that same God, that same power is alive and well today and wants to move in and through each of us. Would you pray with me? God, I I know that in a room this size... um, There are countless stories of heartache and pain, of waiting. For those who have heavy hearts this morning, whether it's their story or someone close to them, God, would you give them grace and rest and love and compassion? God, whatever kind of burdens we're carrying this morning, would you break through in the midst of maybe our calloused heart, our doubt that you could actually change anything, our doubt 
that believes you actually are powerful or actually good enough to do something, God, would you break through in a way that astounds us, that blows our mind? God, some of us have been waiting for a long, long time. Would you show up, God, in a way that maybe we never even had the boldness to dream aloud ourselves? Thank you, God, for your presence, for your closeness with us. And we pray all this in the beautiful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.